Hello and welcome to another episode of the Fundamentals Podcast. I am your host, Harley. Joining me on this episode to discuss the legend, wait for it, Dairy sitcom that is indeed How I Met Your Mother, its host of the Basement Podcast, Ryan Astrike. Ryan very kindly agreed to jump onto the show to discuss the sitcom that's near and dear to his heart. It's a show that aired from 2005 to 2014 and sees one Ted Mosby recounting the story of how he met the mother of his children and all the escapades that he got up to with his friends in New York. It's a wonderful show filled with iconic moments, catchphrases, and wonderfully hilarious and also at times bittersweet moments. There's so much that we get into in this episode and Ryan's enthusiasm for the show is almost infectious. I should point out that just a very small thing with the audio, there is a little bit of delay in that his audio does sort of bleed through into mine. It's completely my fault, um, but I've done my best to edit around it. Just keep that in mind going into the show. So without further ado, Let's get to the episode. This is How I Met Your Mother with Ryan Astrike. Hello, Ryan, and welcome to the Fundamentals Podcast. Hello. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. Pleasure is all mine, Ryan. So when I put the call out for people to come on the show and talk to us about their favorite sitcoms, you're one of the uh, many that I've had to respond, and you came with an absolute cracker, I think. And I'm really excited to talk about it with you. And that is How I Met Your Mother. So, Ryan, I want you to kick us off. When did you first see this show, and why did you choose to bring it to the podcast today? Well, so I actually started watching it the day it aired. So, you know, they had oh, wow. shown... Yeah, so they had shown um, the, the trailers for it and everything, and it seemed, you know, something that I was going to be interested in it was kind of coming off about a year after friends had ended, you know, essentially. So uh, looking for something new and it was kind of exciting and it looked interesting. Um, I was still in college at the time. So it was just something that looked kind of interesting to me. And um, yeah, I, I mean, it was just, uh, I don't know. I'm kind of at a lot of words for words, you know, it was, it was, just the, the the beginning of a, a new era, so to, sort of sort of for sitcoms. Yeah, no, I'd say so. So um, I take it you were a fan of Friends, then? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's I'm not as big a fan, but you know, I've seen enough mm -hmm. episodes. I don't think I've watched it, you know, all the time. Just being in college, you know, I missed some episodes for classes and whatnot. But mm -hmm. there, a lot of people like to compare the two, and you know, there. I know there's a which show is better, Friends or How I Met Your Mother, and you're going to be on one side <laughs> or the other for the most part, so. Right. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, as, as we've kind of said on this show a number of times, comparison is just, well, actually, one of my first guests said comparison is a thief of joy um, right. in relation to health and fitness, but I think it applies to uh, to <laughs> comedies, definitely, yeah. Like, uh, things can exist in their own world and be fun. And, yeah, you're right. I mean, Friends ended in, I think it was 2004 I've got here. So... Yeah, this was 2005, so yeah, pretty much straight off the back. And you're yeah. right, it definitely shares a lot of, of trends, a lot of similarities with it, you could say. And I don't think it's a bad thing, personally. So, yeah, I mean, what what was it about the show that for you just kind of made you want to stick with it? Because to be there from day one, I think, that says that says a lot, to be fair to you. It's 208 episodes, I take it you've, you went through the whole lot and just followed all these characters on this wild journey. 
Yeah, I mean, it it started off kind of kind of slow, you know, but at the mm. same time, it was intriguing because I was in that time where you know I was in college, kind of looking for my future wife if it was you know going to happen or not, you know. So okay, and, and when the when the show first started, I was dating someone, and then basically between seasons one and two, we had a breakup. And oh right, so it was kind of like, all right, well, where are things going to go? And eventually, mm-hmm. it kind of got to the point where. Um, I did meet the future mother and, you know, <laughs> um, so, and the show just kind of stuck with me, you know, since the show ended in, uh, I think it's 2014. Um, uh-huh. I've now been married, had, a, had, had the, the month, you know, the child. And you know, mm. so I have the mother and everything. So it was, I kind of went on the same journey with, with this, with this cast. And it was kind of interesting. Mm. That is interesting, actually. Yeah. So you're kind of almost like our very own Ted Mosby in this sense, then. <laughs> uh, yeah, Ted, Ted, and Marshall, and a little bit yeah. of Barney mixed in. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, not too much Barney. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's great, and and I love that. I love that this is a common thread, actually, in in quite a few of the episodes we've done. It's these shows like touching the audience in some sort of way or resonating with them in a in a personal way. And um, I think that's really cool. And something like this, as you say, is a, a, a character's journey to find ultimately their, their future wife. Or, you know, it's, it's something that's quite relatable, I think, for a lot of people, is that, that search for their companion, for the person that they want to share their life with. Um, exactly. So I, mean, I guess going through that then, I'd, I'd love to talk about the cast and the characters. And you might, we may as well start with, with our, our main guy, Ted. So, yeah, I mean, what, what do you make of, of Ted Mosby as played by uh, Josh Radner? Well, I mean, have you met Ted? You know, that's like <laughs> kind of the, the whole way you get met, you know, how you kind of meet him. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, he starts off as this kind of goofy, you know, lovable guy. And then he has, um, you know, his time, he's an architect. Um, mm. And then eventually becomes a professor, which is kind of cool, you know, not to give too much away or anything, but mm-hmm. um, he's mm-hmm. he's kind of that hopeless romantic. And I think, you know, everyone at some point likes to consider themselves a hopeless romantic in some way. Um, yeah. You know, he does have his kind of pretentious side to him too, you know. He, he, <laughs> he's like, it's encyclopedia, not encyclopedia, you know. So yeah, it's, yeah. It's like, all right, I get it, you know. We, we all have that one friend in our group, you know, who's going to be kind of that way. So it's kind of cool that he was that way. And mm. I, I mean, it, it, he's just super relatable. You know, he's, he seems like a very down to earth, you know, common, the common man just kind of going through life has his struggles, you know, mm. and ha- has his successes as well. But at the same time, the the ultimate goal is just to end up being happy, you know? So I, I think that that's really Ted Mosby, you know? So do you think you'll ever get married? Well, maybe eventually. Some fall day, possibly in Central Park. Simple ceremony, we'll write our own vows. Ban no DJ. People will dance, I'm not going to worry about it. Yeah, it's it's quite relatable in, in a lot of ways, we said. And yeah, I, it's funny because I've, uh, I've obviously seen a lot of this show. I've started re-watching bits of it just in like a lead up to this conversation. <laughs> yep. And going through season one, and, and you're right, the word hopeless romantic is thrown around a lot with him. And it's absolutely true he's he's someone that very much idolizes this idea of romance and the perfect woman and you know i think it's interesting because i feel like he learns the lessons along the way that you can't 
fit a person into this archetype necessarily, even though he does meet the woman that kind of matches a lot of things for him. I feel like by the end of the show, he's he's grown a lot as a person and has learned to be a little bit more open-minded. Right, and and I think one of the things that I think really worked for the show well was the fact that, you know, they have the narrator who's being, vo it's Bob Saget doing the voice, so it's mm. supposed to sound like an older Ted, and you kind of... Yeah imagine that like okay he's he's grown up he's 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 gone through all these things and that's that's him and you know you're right i think that he he does go through a lot of big things you know big moments i mean he gets left at the altar at one point yeah. which that's heartbreaking you know um mm. he, he meets someone who i personally thought was their best choice uh, you know for to, to be the mother in victoria and i mean they oh, meet yeah they meet in um, like season one and, mm. you know, originally from what I've done some research and everything, if, if the show was canceled after season two, apparently Victoria was going to actually be the, uh, the mothers is how they would have spun it. If they had found out that the show was going to be canceled in time. Um, Interesting. Okay. So I just thought that that was, you know, kind of neat. And, but yeah, he goes through a lot of breakups, a lot of successes mm. with both career and love. You know, he has, some fairly long, successful relationships. And then mm. ultimately in the end, you know, he finally meets Tracy, his, his, the mother, you know, the, the love of mm. his life. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Played by uh, Kristen, is it Miliotto? Uh, Mil sorry, Mi I, Mil I can't pronounce names. I, <laughs> I, I was actually, I, not going to lie. I was YouTubing it, how to pronounce her last name. I think it's Miliotti. Miliotti, Miliotti. Yeah, let's yeah, go with so, that. Anyway, so, something like that. She's wonderful, um, even yep. when she turns up for the very few episodes that she is, really, it's like the last season. Absolutely brilliant. Um, and she's great in lots of other things as well, um, right. just as, as an actress. But yeah, I feel like it's kind of funny, the build-up. And it's one of those shows that, with with the character of Ted, it kind of makes sense that he takes such a long time to tell this story. Like I think they, they're very clever in establishing that in his character in like the first season that they're like, I think even in the pilot, someone's like, you know, oh, I dread, you know, your kids are going to have a rough time with you and telling stories. <laughs> like, yeah, he just like, he likes to waffle on and put all this extreme detail in. Exactly. I mean, the whole, the whole first, the pilot episode, it's, you know, he's talking about how he's met this amazing woman and she's, mm. you know, it sounds like, okay, that's going to be the story. And that's how the, you met mom. And then it turns out to be mm. aunt Robin, you know, it's like, wait, yeah. what? And, and yeah. the, the kids genuine reaction at the end of that episode is like, wait, you just sat us down to, to do, just to tell us how you met Aunt Robin? Like, come on, mm. you know? Mm. So it's just, that that was hilarious. It was a nice little spin. It is, isn't it? And But and I also think on like a, I've been thinking about this all week, that it, almost to be a little bit existential with it, if, if you are going to tell that story, you know, properly, I think for all of us, it, it's never as simple as, you know, oh yeah, we, you know, met at a party or, you know, we're introduced. It's like, yeah, okay, that's, that's true that is how you met technically but everybody has a much bigger story than that usually like you said there usually there is a life story that's built up to that moment of lessons along the way of different relationships and and so it kind of makes sense that you would take the long road around and i think in a way it's almost a bit more satisfying that you get that that bigger picture exactly and and you know i i think that with the way Ted tells the story, he's including what he considers his closest family, which is his friends, you know? Mm. So Marshall, Lily, Barney, and even Robin. Um, so I think that that's, 
such a, a cool dynamic and he's going to such great details. And then as he's mm. going through, you know, throughout the episodes, he starts telling one story and he's like, wait a minute. No, that wasn't <laughs> what I wanted to say. It's something else, you know, wait, we're, we're two years yeah. ahead or, you know, so they jump around and I love that. Yeah. It's great fun. And I mean, we're, we're going to go full spoilers anyway, because I have sure. one every conversation, <laughs> but I, the one thing I, I, I'd, I'd love to get your insight of this, obviously, is I know the ending very much split up people <laughs> and fans. And I'm somebody that's kind of weirdly on the fence about this. Yep. Um, so because obviously the, the big thing is he meets Tracy right at the end. And then it's like kind of, oh, yeah. And, the, and then we had this life together. And then it's revealed that she's dead in the future when he's telling the story. Like she she passed away in between. Right. And then the kids kind of point out that, like, yeah, you were telling more of a story about Aunt Robin, weren't you, than than our mum? It's like you know, and this, and that's the whole point of the story is them in the future, like him, almost going back to that relationship. What do you make of the ending there? What, so, what's your thing on it? So I know my initial theory, like as we were getting close to the end of the series and everything, yeah. it started to kind of be like, well, why is Ted telling the story? Because now we've seen the mother, we know you know, she's going to, who, who she looks like and who she is. It's not anyone that we've met previously. Um, mm. And so I thought that maybe he was the one that was having some sort of medical issue. And he just wanted to tell the story as kind of like a reminder to the children, you know, like, Hey, this is the epic story of how I met your mother. And I want mm. you to know the full story, not the the short one we tell at the barbecues and, and things like that. Yeah. Um, but as far as the controversial ending goes, I I was one of the few, I think, you know, I know that you're definitely right. Everyone is split on it. I loved the ending. Uh, and okay. I, I remember the night that that ending aired and, you know, I have a couple of close friends that are also, um, you know, big fans of the show. And we had a, a group text going and they're like, oh my <laughs> gosh, I hated this. I, this was such a <laughs> terrible ending. And I was like, guys, yeah. I actually loved it. Because when you go back, especially when you rewatch the series, you go back and you catch little things like, you know, you catch Ted looking at Robin a certain way, you know, at certain times. Mm -hmm. And he's always willing to, you know, jump to to help her at any given time. And it really was a story about how he met the mother, but then how he also met the love of his life, who I think was Robin. And I think he kind of, mm -hmm. you know, he found the woman that's perfect for him in Tracy, but he also found this amazing person who's been there by his side the whole time, pretty much. And mm. it kind of goes back to that old saying, what is it? Um, if you love something, let it go. And if it returns, it was meant to be. Right. I think that that is Ted and Robin to a T, you know, that he let, they, they were together. They mm. dated, they broke up, they had their relapses and, mm. you know, they still got back together in the end, you know, and I, I thought that was a perfect kind of full circle for for the show mm. to go yeah yeah it's funny i because i'm a little bit like one part of me is like oh, it feels like a cop out but right. <laughs> but but the other part of me like you said especially re-watching it i mean and again you can please film in on here on the insights of any behind the scenes research you've done mm -hmm. but i almost get the impression that that's kind of what they were going for from the start because it feels like Ted, Ted and Robin are very much the will they won't they of the of the series, right? And so it kind of makes sense that it ends on that note. 
Yeah, well, it's funny because if you like, I have the the DVDs of the final season. They actually put mm-hmm. two different versions. They actually filmed a happy version and okay. the the one that aired. And they apparently they the the create creators weren't sure which one they were going to go with up until the very end. And they, right. fr- from what I've heard and seen, allegedly they let the cast decide on really? how they wanted to to let the the show end. So I thought that was kind of neat. You know, do they want to just end it with a, a happy ending? You know, uh-huh. and and Ted meets the mother, and they're all together and happy. And to some degree, you got that still. But then, I think had they kept uh, Tracy around more, like had had they had a few more episodes of them together, and uh-huh. then all and like showed you know more than just a couple f- quick flashbacks and such, I think that this would have ultimately been uh, a better. Yeah, the, the the ending that they went with with him going back to Robin eventually, I think people would have been a little more accepting of it, because, uh, I mean, what happens when, uh, you know, when your the love of your life dies? Do you want to stay single forever, or do you want to kind of find new love and and hmm. kind of go back to, uh, you know, something else? And one of the things too that was kind of a, a they actually did a whole episode on it was having someone on your hook, you know, where it's like you always kind of have that person in your back pocket, essentially, um, who you okay. always kind of have those feelings for and everything. Mm. And you're like, well, they might be, I, I can always kind of rely on them to be there if something bad was to happen, you know. And I thought that basically Ted is on Robin's hook throughout the whole series, essentially, where no matter what, He's always going to have these jump to jump to help her, you know, jump to do whatever she needs moments. And he does. He does throughout the whole series. Mm-hmm. But yeah. so I don't I don't know. It's it's like you're either going to love the, the ending or you're going to hate it. And I I personally love the ending. You know, I think it was a perfect ending for it. Yeah, it's it's interesting to get that insight. And I do find it fascinating that the creators themselves were a little bit at odds. But then yep. it's. You know, over nine seasons, I think you, you get to a point where you're kind of like, oh, how do we satisfy, you know, everybody and wrap this up? And, and endings are hard, you know, of the series, right. especially something like this, when you followed a cast of characters that you've grown to love over such a, a long period of time. Um, but I think you're right. And, I, and that's something I come back to a little bit as watching this is, as you say, the, the sprinkling in of the kind of the connection that Robin and Ted have throughout the show. Yeah, I, um, I mean, there's there's the you know the ongoing little jokes that they have, you know, like yeah. so, someone says like that's a major problem, and then you see they cut to them, it's major problem, and they salute and everything, yeah. and yeah. you know it's it's something that even they they apparently were doing that when they dated, and then it still kind of relapses to that every once in a while, and you see them still do it throughout the rest of the show, and I just thought you know, I, mm. I personally like the ending. Um, you know, because you're not always going to have that, that happy ending. And mm. yes, Ted did get his happy ending, but then life still happens, you know. And I think that's ultimately what this show is all about. It's not just about mm. always having the right thing happen. It's yeah. about going through life and, and all the changes of life. And it, it kind of has that like deeper kind of level in some ways, but it has that slapstick comedy on top of it as well. <laughs> <laughs> it certainly does. Yeah. I mean... That that's kind of the fascinating thing to me as uh, well about this show is watching it is 
is I do forget that this is all the hijinks that these guys get up to. And <laughs> I do think that's a big appeal of the show. I think all of us kind of want to have adventures with our friends and, you know, some of the stuff they get up to in this, it's so silly, but it's, it's a lot of fun, you know, and right. that's one thing I love about the show is watch, look, looking back over it is you kind of catch it in a, in a lot of these moments where I feel like you can see the cast kind of cracking each other up. There's a lot of yeah. funny, like, weird cuts where like you can see them just sort of laughing at each other or like where they've obviously just come back in and like they're sort of, you can see them reacting. It, it doesn't, it feels a bit weird. Sometimes it's like they're either reacting to what they've just done or it, it feels like they've just caught them like coming back into a scene and like they've there's some the other person's obviously done something to make them laugh right and even or, like the background extras get you see them kind of like trying to hold their laughter in and so <laughs> you get the sense it must have been quite a fun set to be on absolutely i think that you know you you nailed it right on the head there's times where you know you'll see barney and marshall interacting and they'll just say something and it's super funny and you'll mm. just see like Kobe Smolders, you know, Robin sitting there and she's just like, like laughing, you know, mm. she's trying to like keep it in. But at the same time, that's what kind of gives it that real feel because, mm. you know, you're going to probably hear something and laugh and you're going to not just sit there and be stoic, you know. Mm. So I think that's what kind of gives it that real feel. And that's what makes you kind of connect with these characters a little bit more, which I thought is yeah. kind of funny. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and speaking of, I mean, Kobe, Schmo uh, Kobe Smolders, I think, is absolutely brilliant as Robin uh, Stabotsky. She like she's somebody that kind of knows what she wants, but also doesn't. I'm her older sister. I'm supposed to teach her how to make good and responsible decisions. It's two o'clock and you've already had three scotch and sodas. Well, that's why I need your help. Right. Well, and like, I thought that was kind of cool that like looking looking at her history she was basically found and as soon as they found her the casting director was like yep she's she's robin like the originally right. it was originally it was supposed to actually go to uh jennifer love hewitt and really? yeah so <laughs> okay. and I, I just i cannot imagine her in this role but she turned it down mm. to to do ghost whisperer which i've never seen or heard of i think uh, i've <laughs> yeah you've got me beat there yeah <laughs> yeah so i thought that was kind of cool like as soon as they found kobe and they're just like yep she's robin she's perfect for this role we need her and you uh -huh. look at you know what she's kind of gone on to now you know with being in a bunch of the avengers movies and everything so she's kind of become like this bigger star because of mm. how i met your mother which i mean to some degree all of them have kind of had that success because of this show Oh yeah, yeah. That's that's definitely something we've picked up on. Is like when a sitcom takes off, you know, it's something that's so accessible, and yep. it's like that way it gets a massive audience, which means that you've got more star power and more recognition straight away. Right. And yeah, a lot of, often a lot of actors go on to bigger and better things because people have seen their faces just in their living rooms, you know, for ten plus years. So like, you know, no wonder casting directors suddenly start noticing them. Right, um, and like. And, I feel like, you know, the, the biggest name out of the five is probably Alison Hannigan, you know, in my opinion, just because of yeah. the, the American Pie movies and all the spoof movies she's done. And, of course, mm. Buffy, uh, you know, and, and whatnot. Mm. So I, I think that she was the big name. And then they've all kind of become as big, if not bigger, in some aspects. You know, like Neil Patrick Harris, I feel like he's everywhere anymore, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's true. Like, yeah, you're absolutely right. And... I mean, what you were saying just a minute ago about uh, Kobe being on like the Avengers and stuff, we did have mm -hmm. a bit of a laugh watching an episode the other day where 
I think she goes out with Barney and plays laser tag. And my wife just turned around and said, and that's her audition for uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And, yeah, you know? basically. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, yeah. So it's it's really cool. Um, yeah, I mean, I love I love the, the cast, the characters, where these guys work off each other. And I mean, just you just mentioned there, Neil Patrick Harris as Barney, I think is... He's a, he's a fascinating character to me now, because I feel like watching him through... 2021 lens as, as people like to say right a lot of what he does is very you could say problematic but i get the sense that looking at his character and the way he's played i think that's the point absolutely yeah i think that he he started off as kind of like this weird kind of over the top and then they kind of pulled back the reins a little bit on him and mm. and kind of you know made him a little more genuine, but at the same, like they, they added in some, you know, backstories with him, like his dad, you know, being, not being there. And then there's the whole, you feel bad for him. And then he finally meets his, finally meets his real dad in person. And the John Lithgow, um, who mm. was just amazing in his tiny little role, you know, but it's, it, I don't know. It, it Barney, Barney is one of those characters that, I think every guy when they're in their late teens, early twenties is almost wanting to be like him, but not quite to his level, you know? Mm. And then I think at the same time, they, they made him a human in the end, you know, they, they made him still have parts of him that are broken and you want to, you kind of want to be the person that fixes him, but you all, and you feel bad for him. But at the same time, it's like, well, okay, he's got, you know, the, the bro code and he, he and Ted yeah. and Marshall, you know, they're constantly going back and forth about, well, you don't do this, you don't do that. And then the same mm. thing with, with the playbook, you know, he's got all these crazy outlandish ways to kind of sleep with women or, or get with mm. women, you know, and it's like, but no one would actually fall for that. But I feel like they just kept upping the bar and trying to see yeah. how far can they push it. You know, until they finally did the final, what they call the final play, which was the Robin. Mm. And it was all about his slow play on he and, and Robin getting together and eventually uh, for a second time. And uh, mm. eventually he proposes to her and they get married and everything. And then obviously mm. things don't quite work out for them. Um, yeah. But I just think, you know, Barney is just, he's such an odd character because you don't see this kind of character anymore you know, on TV. Mm. So to, to go back and watch the series, it's, it's kind of like, you know, bringing back a part of, you know, the younger part of me, you know, it's, it's like reliving <laughs> my youth in some ways, you know? <laughs> yeah. Again, hopefully not to that much of an extent, but <laughs> no, 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 not, not to his extent, not at all. But no, it's, it's funny. Like you say, I, I feel like watching back and, you know, Neil Patrick Harris is, he's a child act, you know, he's someone who's got so much experience. Right. And so he just, he, I think he understood the role. Because when you're watching it, you like you get the impression that he is just hamming this up as much as possible because that's the point. It's meant to be a caricature. It's meant to be someone that's over the top. Put on the suit, Mr. Mosby. Barney, I know it's you. Where's my stuff? It's not me. If you want to see your precious possessions again, put on the suit. What suit? Ding dong. Oh, what's that? The doorbell? That's the suit I'm talking about. I haven't gotten to the door yet. Oh, okay, let me know when you get there. Okay, I opened it, and there's a suit there. That's the suit I'm talking about. And as you say later on, you find out more about his background, and you realize, oh, he's filling a void. 
Right, exactly. You know? It's 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 kind of like he's doing all of these things because he's got you know as as people would say daddy issues, you know, and and to to some degree. And finally, when he meets his dad, you kind of see his character kind of take a, a nice little turn. And I think mm. it's like season five or six when I think it's six when mm. we finally do meet his father for the first time in and whatnot. And I really think that at that point while he still has his moments, you know, his little quips and whatnot, you'd see him kind of slow down and you see him kind of mm. pump, pump the brakes and become more like Ted and like Marshall. Like he, he's kind of realizing like, I can't do this forever. Like as much as I would mm. love to, to, you know, keep, you know, sleeping with all these women and everything at the same time, I think he's getting to that point where he's like, well, maybe I kind of want to find, my own Lily, you know, mm. you, know for, you know, between Marshall and, and Lily kind of getting together and being married mm. for all these years now and whatnot. Mm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's it's all of that stuff is, and they kind of hinted it again. It's just watching the first season. It's like they do drop hints in there that a lot of it is a bit of a facade. And he's like, you know, that's why he's always trying to de- deter Ted from finding the right woman so he's because he, that way he's still got a wingman he's still got someone that can come out with him and he can live vicariously with but like as soon as they go away from that he, you realize that yeah he's actually quite lonely and he doesn't right. like be, being doing all these things by himself because it doesn't lead to anything well and, and they even kind of played on that on on the yeah. one on a couple episodes too where like oh yeah i've only got one towel you know, I I only have one of one of you know one cup, you know one glass. You know, yeah. I don't I don't bring women back here to to do that. You know, I I yeah. I, I live here alone. This is my fortress mm. of solitude in some ways. You know, yeah, um, yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's like you know, I he has his man cave essentially is where he lives in the, the for mm. the for his whole life, and then he kind of starts to you know, bring, bring in some, some real life aspects to it and kind of starts, mm. you know, all right, you see, you see him have, you know, dishes and, and things and in hopes of maybe someday ha- meeting someone and, and having that relationship with them. Yeah. I mean, I'm also low key jealous of his, uh, his stormtrooper costume <laughs> that he's gone, all yeah. that kind of stuff. It's like, Oh, I'd love one of those. Well, and but, it's, um... it's, it's funny that you mentioned that too, because at one point they had a clone trooper in in the mm. early seasons and then they change it back to the classic stormtrooper too they do don't they yeah, yeah. Good spot. <laughs> so yeah he, he does stuff like that and it's kind of interesting that like you say him and him and rob robin end up together and get yeah. married and well i thought that that was a very interesting dynamic but it kind of makes sense i mean again in the first season they do an episode where they hang out and you realize they've got a lot of similarities Right, they're they're almost too similar, you know. And he, yeah. even, he even considers Robin a bro at one point. You know, they're they're out. Mm. You know, they go to laser tag, and then they're smoking cigars yeah. and having having some whiskey. You know, and it's like, mm. and she's suited up and everything. Yeah, um, yeah. So I I think that that is kind of cool. But and then you know they they are together for a little while, and then they break up, and then there's always kind of that, you know, I've always loved her, and it's kind of back there and and even again this is you know barney letting letting robin go and kind of waiting for her to come back and uh, i'm actually currently in a in another rewatch myself just you know (laughs) because i can't get enough of this show and (laughs) (laughs) um you know it's it's she's dating uh cal penn's character um who has Mm. a a small cameo uh kevin is his name um he's actually 
he actually was her therapist. And then he's like, I can't be your therapist anymore. Uh, you know, we're, I, yeah. I like you, you know? So, and it's, they're in a cab ride sharing a, a cab home and they're, they're just kind of like, Oh yeah. Can you believe I, I would do this? And then next mm. thing you know, they're, they're kissing in the back of a cab and it's like, well, what are, what are you doing here, guys? Like, are, are we going down mm. this path again? You know, where, where are we going with this? You know? So, and eventually, yeah. obviously, they're, they, the final season, they end up, you know, spending literally the entire season over the span of three days at Barney and um, uh, Robin's wedding, which I thought was an interesting way to do things. But yeah, yeah. You know, because instead of doing it, and, and obviously they have their flashbacks still and their stories and whatnot throughout, but it's essentially three days worth instead of, um, you know, months and months going on, which I thought was an interesting choice, but I I think it worked for the most part. You know, the, the last season is not the best season, in my opinion, but it's mm. still up there. You know, I, I'd say that two, three, four, five stretch were like their heyday, their best kind of see their their best stretch and then it just kind of gets okay we're just kind of repeating some things but mm. at the same time they put new twists on them and it, it just added to the to the story even more i think yeah for sure i mean that's again kind of a running thing we notice with a lot of these shows that do stretch you know yeah. multiple seasons is you'll have the golden years so to speak and then you'll kind of have the ones where it starts to trail off a little bit towards the end but you know, that's okay. These things happen. I mean, I will right. say to their credit, at least they kept the main core characters for pretty much most of the, I think like the entire run, actually. It was all yeah. five of us were still in it. So, you know, there's stuff like yeah. that, which which kind of helps, I think, to keep, at least keep the chemistry going, even if, like you say, it gets a little bit repetitive. Right. And like, you know, like you said, uh, they, they kept the core together, the five together, which was cool. I mean, mm. I know some went off to do other projects and whatnot, so you didn't really see them as much. Like, mm. And then um, Allison Hannigan was pregnant um, mm. not once, but twice, actually, during during filming, if I'm not mistaken. And they mm. they tried to hide it as best they could. And I thought that they did a pretty good job with it for the most part. And then they actually played it up in one episode. Uh, Lily was in a hot dog eating contest. And so they showed yeah. her, her full yeah. stomach and it's like, that That's was supposed right. to be the hot dogs. I thought that was kind of a, a fun little play on it, you know? Yeah, it was cute. It was, it was fun. This stuff like that they do, which I think is brilliant. Um, and yeah, like you said, it's, it's still well worth a go, even with that in mind. I mean, speaking of Lily, Alison Hannigan, as you say, initially the big star, you could argue, of, of that first series in particular. Yep. But yeah, I, I absolutely adore her. I think she might be my favourite character. I think she's just really, really funny. And like her interplay with with Marshall is is absolutely adorable. I never have to worry about you with another woman. Right, because we're so hopelessly in love, right? <laughs> yeah, sure. Any lunch? <laughs> Yeah, I, I agree. And like, I, she's not going to lie. She's my celebrity crush. So like she, <laughs> you know, she's my number one. I've always been a big fan of hers. And mm. so when I heard she was going to be in this show, I was like sold. I, I'm, yeah. I'm in, you know, no matter what. <laughs> um, and right. you know, I, 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 I agree. I think she probably ends up being at the end of the show, my favorite character as well, just because she has gone through so much too. You know, she goes through, having to make the decision to leave Marshall, you know, to, to go pursue her dreams. And then she realizes that 
she's pursued her dreams and they're not what she wanted. She wants Marshall. So she comes mm. back around in, in season two eventually. And eventually they kind of get, they get married and then they start having you know, plans for children and whatnot. And so it's like, I just think that her character has kind of come full circle by the end. And she's, she's definitely like the best friend character, you know, whether she is best friends, you know, with her husband, Marshall or Robin or Ted, or even Barney, you know, cause she mm -hmm. look she looks after all of them. She's kind of the, the matron, you know, if you will, yeah. of all of them. But she also has her moments where you're like, don't cross her. You know, she, she has the, the, uh, you're dead to me look and they pull it out yeah. a couple of times as a recurring thing. And I love mm. that, you know, but then eventually she, someone that she had that look on, she finds out that they died and she has this epiphany, mm. this moment where she's just like, I, I feel so bad now, you know? And mm. it's like you, you, your heart breaks for her at the same time. And mm. I just, I love her role. I think that she, pulls it off so flawlessly and mm -hmm. sure there's times where you hate one character or another throughout the series, you know, because they're doing something, you know, dumb or not dumb. And you're just like, why aren't you together? You know, things like that. But yeah, I think that her character for the most part, you never really have those moments other than in the very beginning mm -hmm. when she leaves Marshall. Yeah, it's true. I'd, I'd forgotten that happened that early on. This has been a long time since I've watched the show and, that was like, oh, and I, f I actually felt that was quite a bit of a gut punch. Yeah. The way they end that first season, it was like, oh, that's that hurts. Because, you know, and this is something we've commented on in other shows, is you usually have, like, the stable relationship. As much as you've got the will, they won't, they, and they usually right. have, like, the one that's solid, and you kind of follow them. And so, yeah, when they kind of mess with that quite early on, I thought that was quite subversive and quite interesting. And, you know, the fact that it kind of happens for a very human reason i think you know like she has this moment of of introspection and like you know thinking i've this is all i've known this has been my whole life and it's like i haven't tried anything else and for that to be a female character as well that has those thoughts and wants right. to kind of explore that is fascinating i think and in a, in a way i think kind of progressive yeah i mean you think about it that was what 20 2006 when mm. when that when that season first ended, you know, in the spring of 2006, and so you kind of had this moment of whoa, mm. wait a minute. But at the same time, you had that will they won't they moment where now Robin and Ted are together too, and he comes back and he sees Marshall sitting there, you know, in the rain, and he's super happy. And mm. then he sees Marshall with the ring on it, in his hand, and he just sits mm. down and like, dude, whatever you need, and he puts his arm around him, and it's like, yeah, man what a gut punch to end the season, you know, mm. but at the same time, it's, it, it's that ultimate cliffhanger that mm. pulls you in. It's like, well, where do we go from here? I need to know now. And, and do, yeah. do they get back together? Well, what's going to happen in season two? I need to know. And, you know, was Lily planning to leave? You know, was that supposed mm. to be Allison Hannigan's one season? I haven't looked into that. I don't know if that was ever the, the case or not. But that's always a. I, I'm I'm always kind of wondered if that's a possibility. If she was only yeah. supposed to be there for a little bit. Yeah, possibly you could be onto something there. I mean, I said we just don't know, but yeah. I, I'm glad she did stick around because yeah, it's really their relationship. I think um, is wonderful, and it's kind of interesting to see that they both have those moments. You right. know, where they're both trying to figure out what they want to do, but at the same time, there's life, there's reality. 
You know, right. there's, there's things that get in the way. Like Marshall's got this dream of, of being this environmental lawyer and Lily wants to be an artist, but it's like in the, and I hate to use this expression, but in the air quotes, real world, right. you know, those things can be difficult to do and to be successful at and, you know, to support, and especially living in a place like New York, let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, it, but I like that they give both those characters the opportunity to explore those things. And then there's the lesson of being content. You know, like it's good to have dreams. It's good to try things, but like you know, you don't you don't think any less of Lily when she realizes that actually she was perfectly happy and wants to come back. You know that the message isn't oh women stay in your lane. It's you know yes she goes and tries this out, but as you say, she realizes actually it's not really what I want. Yeah, and, and you know, yeah. Sorry, and go, go no, on. sorry, sorry. <laughs> um, yes, and then like she comes home and everything, and then. You know, mm. you said you said about uh, you know Marshall wanting to be this environmental lawyer, and mm. he he, you know, puts family first for a little bit, and it's like I need money, I'm gonna take the other job, and then eventually he goes and finds mm. the the environmental job and everything as well. But to to me, my favorite moment of of their of Marshall and Lily's, the the episode where they're actually doing a countdown from fifty. Um, I can't remember the name of the episode. I should have wrote that down. But uh, it's funny because all throughout the whole episode, you're seeing a countdown in the background somewhere, starting with mm -hmm. 50 and then, you know, going down. And then a cab pulls up and Lily gets out and the, the, the light on the cab, you know, lights up and it's zero or one. Mm. And Lily gets out and the, the moment where she's like, she's in tears almost. And she, she finds Marshall and he's like, you know, I'm, I'm going to, make these life, big life changes and she just goes marshall hold on hold on i i have some news you know your dad he had a heart attack he didn't make it and that mm. moment it's just like man that just feels so real because that could happen to literally anybody and yeah. I, it's so morbid that that's one of my favorite scenes but <laughs> the, the, the 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 crazy thing about it is they didn't tell um uh, Jason Siegel that that's what was going to happen. They just said here. So, oh. so they basically they they kind of pulled like in Mash they did something like that too. I remember. Right. And so they they kind of wanted that genuine reaction. And Jason Siegel yeah. just absolutely nails it. He's like, my my dad died. Like what? Yeah. And you could see his emotion. And it's just like, oh man, because that that's what brought it from this whole episode of comedy of errors type thing, you know, and, mm. and then boom, my dad died. What? Like, I, I just, I love that episode. They're just, it's just so real, you know? And I, I think yeah. that's what I love about this whole show is it has those moments again, where it's, it's comedy, 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 and then real realistic. And it's not something that is too far fetched either. You know, it's, it's something mm. that could happen in any given time to, to, you know, Barney's the one that's way mm. over the top with everything. Yeah. And then and then you have those real moments as well that I think are, are what makes this show so great. You're here. Oh, my God. I love you so much. Can you believe it? Marshall. Something's happened. Um, your father, he had a heart attack. He, he didn't make it. My dad's dead?
I'm not ready for this. Absolutely. Yeah, it's that's such a good observation. And I think that's so true. It's because it's it has a sense of heightened reality about it, you know, like a right. lot of sitcoms do. It has elements, like you say, where they get into the weird hijinks and crazy situations. <laughs> but as you say, for the most part, it is grounded at, at some level in reality and in human emotions and, and mistakes. And, and you're, yeah, you're definitely right that um, Lillian Marshall have a lot of those big moments because they right. go through big life changes and they do it together and it's never straightforward. You know, there's always bumps along the way or things that happen. But yeah, having said all of that, I, I do love again that their relationship is kind of like the one that stay that stays the course at least. Yeah, they're they're the steady yeah. ones. And and it's kind of cool because um apparently uh Allison Hannigan was just like, you know what? You Jason Siegel's a smoker and he he was she didn't like mm. the smell of the smoke. So if you ever pay attention, they rarely ever kiss throughout the entire series. Like they have their mm. moments, of course, but she mm. was she actually told him, you know, you're going to have to pay me X amount of dollars per, per kiss or whatever, you know, and by the end of yeah. one episode, she he owed her like 200 bucks or something like that. It was like $10 a, a thing and a cigarette. Wow. And it's just like, I thought that was kind of cool and, and kind of gutsy for her to say that. But at the same time, yeah, you know, he, Fair he, enough. And, he and he even <laughs> tried to go cold turkey and just quit. And I think he did for a little bit. And then yeah. you see them kind of have those actual genuine interactions again um mm. but i just think that that's kind of a, a neat little neat little fact you know that they, that they actually pull, pull, put that into the show yeah that's fascinating i didn't know that but there you go that's um a fair play to her <laughs> <laughs> yeah right <laughs> yeah i mean and yeah speaking of the other side of that yeah jason siegel as, as marshall i think's hilarious he's sort of goofy and over the top but yep. I, I kind of love something I love about their relationship is that they they dote on each other and they have these silly little nicknames and but it's nice I think because it just shows you that like that's okay you're, you're yeah. allowed to be affectionate and a bit silly with each other yeah everyone wants to be lily pad and marshmallow you know that that's, yeah yeah everyone wants those little <laughs> the little nicknames and everything and I I think that he he played this role to a T you know I I don't hmm. I can't imagine anybody else in this role and apparently like neither could the creators because they basically mm -hmm. were like this role is is made for you they loved him in freaks and geeks which is one of those super mm -hmm. underrated shows that like nobody is as you know i mean people have mm -hmm. seen it now but you just look at the cast of that show and they they picked him out of all of the the people that were there and he's just mm -hmm. this lovable you know minnesotan oaf you know that <laughs> you can't help but not cheer for the guy you know even though he has his dumb mistakes you're mm. still gonna absolutely just love Marshall because he's so he's like a he's like a child in a lot of ways, you know. Yeah. Yeah, he is. He's got he's very pure at his center, you know, like he, he like you say, he wants he wants to make the world a better place. He adores his girlfriend, he he loves his family and, and all the weird stuff that they do. I mean, it, again, <laughs> I was watching back over and they, there's an episode early on where they go back to his family and I think I mean, I, I say this as someone from the UK, but just from an outside perspective, I was watching it and I was like, oh yeah, of course he's from Minnesota. Like, of course he is. <laughs> like, I'd forgotten that was the case, but like, it just suits his character so much. Like that really sort of polite, friendly, down to earth thing. And 
right. even like the stuff where he's playing games with all of his brothers and it's like they're just wailing on each other and you know <laughs> like it kind of just makes sense like you said he's just a big kid yeah and, and it's like he's never quite grown up and they even no. you know and and after marshall's dad dies they even play on the big kid aspect because he stays he's like oh i gotta be here for my mom i gotta i i, yeah. I can never and i can never not say no i need to be be the supportive one and I, mm. I have to pick up the phone all the time and no matter who it is, I have to answer, mm. you know, and th- mom, you know, I need you to do this and, and whatnot. And they just play mm. off of it so well, I think. Yeah. Isn't that where he ends up like basically going back into his bedroom? And, yeah. Like, he almost, he almost regresses. <laughs> like he very, very nearly happens. <laughs> he's, he's playing Dr. Mario on his uh, Game Boy and mom, yeah. we need Pop-Tarts, you know, things like that. Yeah. It's just like, oh man. But I think I think we all kind of have want want that one moment of regression, you know, to to feel like a child again. And I think this was his way of doing it to make his to to help support his mom because that's what mm. he thought she wanted, what she needed. Yeah, and to a degree that that kind of did bring her some sort of comfort, if I remember correctly. Yeah, and then and then she gets to the point where Lily shows up and she and they're like, "Get him out of my house!" Yeah, <laughs> yeah, goes too far. <laughs> yeah, and it's like I, I'm I'm done with this. I need him out. He's an, a grown adult. Get him get him back to New York. I don't want him here anymore. You know. Yeah. I want to grieve. I want to be on my own. <laughs> I feel like this show does a really good job with that as well, with a lot of the cool characters, and that it shows you very positive. It, it's it's very um, aware of the, you know, the relationships that people have with their parents. And it does a very good job, I think, of each character getting a little bit of a background and it kind of explains why they are the way they are. Um, right. And like, like you said, from Marshall's big family that are just full of, of, of life and love and all they want to do is, is have a family and just be around each other, which explains his sort of big, goofy, fuzzy nature to <laughs> you know the opposite end of the spectrum where you've got like, you know um robin's dad who's you know really cold and and like basically wanted a boy and she so she had to grow up which explains why she's so you know i I don't know what the word is for it but you know like i said like a bro in some ways like because that's how she was raised right Uh, that that he was like oh yeah and i i think he even called him uh robin a, a boy name for a little while too and it's like well yeah all right, I get it, you know, and mm. had had the the close, you know, the boy haircut, the the just Justin Bieber, you know, mop top kind of look, yeah, um, yeah, and and whatnot, and it's like, yeah, go be in the wilderness for three days. I'll come yeah. back from the Caribbean, you know. It's like, <laughs> wait right. a minute, you don't do that, you know. Yeah, and even like I was watching an episode the other day where Ted's parents come by and they're just terrible communicators, <laughs> and you're kind of like, oh, that explains why he's so over the top. And like right. wants to talk everything out and like idolizes relationships because he's just desperate to have the thing he's not been given his whole life. And he gives every little detail and, you know, oh, we're yeah. like he, when when they do the flashbacks to college, you know, they're talking mm. about, you know, they were for all intents and purposes smoking weed, you know, but they're having mm. a sandwich is what they called it. Yeah. You know, and, and whatnot. And, you know you have Ted's parents, they get divorced and everything. And then she gets mm. remarried and he's kind of this hippie kind of guy and brings mom down and mom's kind of the, the same way, but at the same time, it's Ted's mom. And Ted's like, no, she's my mom. Like I, I can't see her in this, in this scope. You know, I, I don't want to see her in yeah. this, but at the same time, eventually he kind of comes around and, and is happy. But I think it's funny that 
like you said, they're they're horrible communicators, and he's telling these stories so like this big long elaborate story of how he met his mother and everything. And yeah, I actually just saw the other day someone had asked Neil Patrick Harris, "Do you think that Ted kind of embellishes a little bit of of your character Barney and kind mm. of makes him seem over the top to make himself look like the better person?" And Neil Patrick, Harris, Neil Patrick Harris was like, yeah, absolutely. I don't see why that wouldn't be the case. You know, I, if I would do the same thing if, if, if I was telling a big, long story like that, too. So I thought that was kind of neat. That, you know, that's a whole other thing I've not <laughs> considered. You just blow my mind, genuinely. Like, now that I think about it, you're like, that's so true. Yeah, like the storytelling yeah. device is through his eyes. Yep. So, yeah, maybe maybe that explains the heightened points of each of the characters like you say why um barney is so over the top and you know wants to be a you know a lad as we'd say over here in the uk um, (laughs) or a bro in the states yeah bro yeah (laughs) um you know and then like why marshall and Lily seem to have this completely perfect almost like soppy relationship and you know and and then like you said it, it all of it kind of it's through his eyes. It's how he sees them and how he sees the characters. That maybe that's the slight tint that's on each one of them and the performances. If that's the case, then like hats off to the writers for right. maybe doing that. You know, and and it makes you wonder, like, well, if we heard this story from Marshall's perspective or Lily's yes. perspective, you know, what yeah. could what could this have been like? You know, and it, it's mm. it kind of makes you think, like, how cool would would the story actually have been? You know, mm. yeah. Yeah, that's it. I, I, would it have just been a bit more straight laced if it's like Robin had told it, for example? You know? Right. Like she would have just been a bit more factual, or it would have been over after one season, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. If if Barney had said it, it would have probably featured, who knows, some more epic stories, or like because he does like to embellish things as well himself, which absolutely I kind of love. And again, is explained in his background when you realize mm. that like he's an abandoned child and like his mum. Maybe not the best decision, but you can kind of understand why she did it. You know, let's say over exaggerated his abilities. You know, oh, yeah, to some yeah exactly. And is largely responsible for how he sees himself. <laughs> Absolutely, you know, and it's like she. There's one point where he actually asks, you know, who's my mom, and she just kind of goes, "Uh, that guy," and points to Bob Barker on The Price Is Right. You know, and it's yeah, like, wait a yeah. minute, like, and then but he yeah. believed it for the longest time, you know, and mm. then goes on the show and is like dad you know what <laughs> i just thought yeah. that was kind of funny you know <laughs> yeah, that's right. play it off and then it's like wait no i i realized bob barker's not my dad there's got to be someone else yeah and exactly then and then mm. he's got his half brother uh james who's wayne brady you know i just think yeah and, and adding him in just brings a whole other level of comedy and i think that they just kind of wrote his character i have a feeling that they just went here here's some lines we'd like you to squeeze in, but otherwise just have fun, you know, just, just mm. go and see what happens. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he's fantastic as his, as his brother and well, <laughs> half brother really. And, right. and I get like the sort of the revelation or the fact that that is a revelation to Buddy kind of says a lot <laughs> yeah. about his character and it kind of makes you wonder as well, like how successful he was for real with a lot of these conquests or like how much did he actually embellish, you know, well, yeah, I think at one point they said 268 women he had slept with, but like, did yeah. he actually, you know, how, how yeah. real was the list, you know? Or, mm. and, and, you know, even to some degree, we never find out really what he does for a living, you know, which I always thought mm. was kind of interesting. Yeah. 
you know, it's like, but he's got all this money apparently, but mm. he still chooses. And and to his credit, he has all this money, and he still chooses to go to the same bar with the same mm. four other people to to just hang out and have a good time. You know, so mm. it shows the hum the human side of Barney that he's not always about the money. You know, yes, he can go out and spend a couple thousand dollars on a a, a, a TV that's the size of his wall, you know, <laughs> but at the end of the day, he comes home to that TV and he's like, well, that's not what I want. I want friends. Mm. I want, I want this close group. And I think that ultimately that's what everyone wants. You know, everyone wants this, you know, you're going to have obviously your friends throughout your life that come and go and whatnot, but you always mm. have that core core group, you know, and, mm. and think that that's where this show to some degree kind of spins off of the the show friends because you had the yeah. six and now you've got the five. So it makes you wonder like, well, what's the next sitcom going to be? Is it going to be a group of four? You know, you don't ever you know. But yeah. I, yeah. It's, it's definitely a core of, of any sitcom. I think pretty much all the ones we've discussed, mm -hmm. that's usually what happens is you, you've got a group of people and they're often misadventures. And I think like you said, because it's something we all want, it's something right. we can all relate to. Like you know, life is so much more entertaining when you've got friends in your life. You've got people that, even if they're in different journeys, you know, like you've got the married couple here that they go through the journey of having kids and and all of that's a whole another world. I mean, I just yesterday sat down with two of my best friends and like they've both got kids and it's the weirdest thing in the world for me to see <laughs> these guys as dads. <laughs> and like I think back to all the adventures we've had and I'm just like, whoa, <laughs> right? You know. But, but then but like, you... sorry, go on. <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah, absolutely. You know, you're gonna have those moments where you're just like thinking of those adventures mm. you had and and whatnot, going. But I was there from the beginning, and you saw mm. them become dads. You know, and that's kind of that. Yeah, it's weird, mm. but at the same time, it's really cool to see them become dads too. Yeah. You know, and see where their their journey is gonna go now, which is kind of neat. Exactly, and I, you know, you're right. That's something this this show does very well. Is it does kind of play well with those life stages and. But their their sort of friendship and the fact that they still hang out together, they still meet up in the same bar and stuff like it's kind of it's comforting, isn't it? Right. That's what sitcoms need to be ultimately. I think for the most part, it's um, it's that escape from it's that escape from reality for for the twenty three minutes or twenty five minutes, however long the episode is, you know. Mm. And it's just like okay, I can sit down and I might have had a crappy day, but I can mm. watch these group of friends and kind of be feel like i'm part of the, that group you know feel like i'm the sixth person in the group so to say you know That's and hearing it. and hearing the story and then you know or being the kids which i thought was another kind of neat thing where after mm. basically season two they said hey we think this show's going to go on for a couple more seasons they filmed all the the scenes then with the kids and they knew the ending right then and there and they had to keep it secret which i thought was really cool that is so cool. Yeah, I, you know, I was wondering about that. I was going to ask you about that, actually, because, yep. yeah, that's what my memory was flashing back to. It was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure up to, like, season nine, the kids still look the same. And I'm like, how is that possible? That's yep. how. Yeah. That's how, yep. Yeah, they, Amazing. they actually, they were, like, sworn to secrecy, you know. Mm. this is, and, and I think that that's part of the reason why they did those two endings, too. So right. they, they, they didn't know exactly which one was going to happen, but mm. they still had the, the moment where it's like, all right, they're – Either Ted's going to meet Tracy and be happy, and that's a happy ending for the show, or we're going to yeah. have him, you know, Dad, we, we understand, you know, you want to go back with Aunt Robin. You've been telling us the story about her. This whole It's always been about Aunt Robin. Yeah. Go for it. We, we, 
you're asking our blessing, we're giving you the blessing. We want you to be mm -hmm. happy, Dad, you know. Yeah, which and I think that's awesome because yeah, there is like sixty three episodes across yeah. the uh, series, which is it's barely a quarter. So <laughs> <laughs> right, and, I mean that must be quite funny for them to have done all that, and then you know like nine years later, someone comes up to you and goes, oh the the ending, and you go what? Oh oh that oh that finished? Oh okay. <laughs> you imagine like thinking like I have to think back all that time, but like yeah, what did we film? Or like well, yeah. Well, they must have been wondering themselves. And it's funny because some of the times, like, literally they just show the, the kids and they're just sitting there, like, bored, you know, yeah. with the, with yeah. the arm, uh, arm up, their arms crossed, and they're just like, what? And not, yeah. it, but at the same time, it could have been a still shot, and we wouldn't have known it unless, unless they blinked, you know? And you see them do that. It's like, okay, it was actually a real shot. Was this mm. just B footage? And then you, it comes out later that, no, we actually did shoot this right after season two, and they were sworn to secrecy. And I thought that was... Mm kind of a really cool cool aspect to learn about that really is and i mean it's something that i think they do quite well i'm just looking here they've got a couple of these like recurring characters that they make a good use out of them don't they i mean specifically if you've got ranjit and carl you know their, their <laughs> driver and their barman respectively yeah and and then even wendy the waitress i would throw her wendy in there the too. waitress yeah, yeah that's true she's up yeah. here but yeah ranjit i thought was that 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 was such a funny funny part and then um mm. it's just incredible too like going back and looking at the the list of cameos that this show had and mm -hmm. one of the things that i had i had done in you know my research for this was apparently britney spears cameo it was supposed to originally be a one-off um right and apparently her character because it brought because it was britney spears being on the show brought in mm. a whole new audience to the show and kind of almost saved the show in some aspects because their really? viewer, their views were kind of you know okay, but mm. when they when they brought Britney Spears in, everyone tuned in for that episode to see what they were going to do with her, and that kind of almost saved the show. Basically, is what the the creators have said. Interesting, and, yeah. She's she's in two episodes, isn't she? I've got here. Yeah, it's yeah, and she 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 plays actually. I think she's yeah two two official episodes, and then she has like another moment where you just kind of see her in the background so it's it i don't know if they just yeah. had filmed more more parts um with her in the background because she's the receptionist for stella who's the the one that left ted at the altar eventually that's right yeah i just remember that yeah that's, yeah. that's such a great get i mean there's yeah. quite a few in here i mean even uh, i'm struggling to think of her name kate was it katie perry was in this as kate, well for yep, like one katie, episode yep katie perry was in the oh honey episode where they couldn't remember yeah. her name so they just called her oh honey yeah and then, yeah and then you have um barney was trying to get with jennifer lopez at one point so like that yeah. was that was a big thing she was a, a sex therapist and had a book and he was yeah. he, he basically challenges himself to beat her system essentially to yeah. be that that guy um I mean, there's there's so many names that you know pop up, and sometimes they have like a, a quick little recurring role where it's two or three mm. episodes, like Brian Cranston from uh, Breaking Bad. Yeah, you know, yeah, he's he's in there, and uh, do you know what? I just want to say he's come up like a bunch of times <laughs> yeah. in these episodes because he was one of those big working actors in like the '90s and the 2000s. He was doing a lot of comedy and stuff, so yep, it just makes sense that he just pops up in things um but yeah he he's wonderful you're absolutely yeah. right john lithgow you mentioned another one absolutely brilliant yep. sorry um, who, who else then who was who I, else have I, you got i mean jennifer morrison um she became she's zoe jennifer. who ted dates for yeah. a little bit she she was on uh the once upon a time show 
She um, was and yeah. House, if I remember correctly. And House, yep, yeah. yep. Yeah. I, I think it was House, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, obviously Bob Barker, you know, pops mm -hmm. up for an episode. I mean, it's just incredible. Like, I, I was looking at the list. I have a list here next to me. There's probably like 60 people that I've written down that have been had cameos, you know. And I don't want. I, I, I mean, I don't want to bore the listeners with all of them, but like no, those are some cool. of the, those are some of the bigger ones. I thought. I thought that was kind of mm. really, really neat. And some of them, you know, it kind of. I don't want to say launched their acting career, but like some of them are not really known for acting. Like Enrique Iglesias, mm. he played Gael, who. Uh, was Robin's boyfriend when she left mm. for a little bit, and he pops up for like two episodes or so. And I just think that that's kind of kind of neat that some of them have gone on after this show to have mm. other little small acting roles as well. Totally, I tell you one that leapt out to me because he was an episode I watched yesterday. It was Joe Manganiello. He's in seven yes. episodes. <laughs> yes, yes, Marshall's um, uh, friend from from law school. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and like and then there's Bob Odenkirk and guys like yep. that. There's, there's so many. Um, well, Kyle, and, Mc, is it Kyle Mc, McLaughlin? McLaughlin? Yeah, McLaughlin from, from as Twin Peaks. the captain. Yeah. <laughs> well, he and he was married to Zoe, uh, uh, Jennifer yeah. Morrison's character. But That's I right. Think, I think the three cameos that I think are the coolest were mm -hmm. Taron Killam, um, mm -hmm. who is uh, Kobe Smolder's actual husband, and then you cool. have, and then you same same thing with Alexis Denisoff, uh, who's married to Allison Hannigan. And also ah. um, David Burka, who is uh, married to Neil Patrick Harris. So I thought that that was kind of cool that they actually had their wow. spouses in small little roles too. Yeah, that must have been nice for them. Yeah, I I, that'd, be, I, that'd be a fun day on set. I think I would. <laughs> I would imagine. I would think that that'd probably be really cool. But like, I, I thought it was cool because they really didn't interact with their spouses all that much. Because like David Burka, he was supposed to be Scooter, who was Allison Hannigan's high school boyfriend um yeah that's uh, right alexis was sandy rivers and so he was with robin he actually tried to hook up with robin you know and uh taryn killam was mm. just one of uh blauman who worked with marshall so like they didn't really ever interact but you know for sure they were on set having just an absolute blast you know the yeah. days that they were there yeah i mean i guess that's I think again, the mark of a great sitcom is yeah. if you get you guess actors in, you've got to have fun and use them well, not well, just have them just for the sake of it, you know. Right. Well, and especially since, like, from what I what I had seen, this show was one of those few sitcoms. Like, normally they'd sh they'd film everything like in one day. This mm. one actually was actually shot over the course of three days per episode. So to have some of right. these people there for that length of time, I thought that's kind of kind of neat too. You know, so mm. and and then after the fact, like they never shot it in front of a live studio audience. They always put in a um, a laugh track afterwards, which mm. to some degree hurts it a little bit because it, it. But at the same time, I think it helps it because you can choose when it's time to laugh and when it's time to you know have the mm. music kick in. And and Josh Radner apparently had helped with a lot of the music mm. on the show, like choosing some of the songs that they used. And I thought that was kind of neat too. You know. That makes sense because I've learned since that he's he's now a musician, isn't he? I think yeah, he's no, yeah. long, no longer an acting really. Uh, no, he's actually still acting. He's in that. Um, oh, okay. On, he he's on uh, Hunters on uh, Hunters. Amazon Prime. Oh, okay. Because I was thinking like I've not seen him in much since then, and someone said, "Oh, yeah, he's he's more of a musician now." Yeah, he's a musician. He actually just had an album drop not long ago, and I know he's also been on like Broadway doing some plays and musicals and stuff. Um, cool. 
so I think that's where he kind of wanted his career to go, but he's still doing some acting stuff here and there popping up. But I think he does a lot of voice stuff too, I think too, which is mm. kind of neat. And he actually had written and directed during the time that this show like was near nearing the end, but it was a, mm. a movie called happy. Thank you more, please. Um, okay. Which I, I was like, okay, well I'm addicted to the show. So I have to buy this on DVD when it comes out. And it's, it's actually a pretty good movie. It's not, I don't want to give anything away on that, but it's not something mm. that you know you'd necessarily think of. But it's kind of kind of like the movie Crash in some ways, you know, where all these okay. stories kind of come full circle in the end. Same same kind of concept in some ways. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, just oh, hang on one second. Mm-hmm. There we go. Yeah, that's I find that really fascinating. It's um. It's it's not what you normally expect from sort of leading guys in in sitcoms like this, but good for him, man. Good for him. Yeah. I just I just had a quick look. Um, as you were saying there, was his IMDb. Yeah, he's even uncredited on a, quite a few songs, like in the later seasons. So, right, cool. Um, I'd be, I'd, you know, I might check out his album. Why not? It's uh, actually it's actually it. pretty good. Not gonna lie, it's 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 not something I expected, but then it also was what I expected. Like he he's actually a pretty good singer. I I think that uh, he, mm. he's actually pretty talented. Um, okay. And speaking of music, I thought it was kind of cool too that the theme song to the show, yeah, was actually um, it's uh, Craig Thomas and Carter Bays. That's their band um, that oh. actually performs the song "Hey Beautiful." So I thought that was kind of mm. kind of neat, you know. That is really cool. I like that. Yeah, I, mm. I didn't know that that was their band until again doing research. Like I had heard the song and had it as a ringtone for a while, and then had uh, "Let's Go to the Mall" because I worked in a mall for a, a few years, so that was my <laughs> my ringtone for a little bit. You know, anytime work called, it's like, oh gosh, here we go. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I like that. Awesome, and I mean that that you maybe just think actually another point to, to this this sitcom, one that I think adds to the longevity of any show, is the way that it gets through into the pop culture zeitgeist whether it be gifts memes <laughs> sayings and as you say the have you met ted thing yep that's i've heard people do that many times at events you know <laughs> <laughs> um yeah there's yeah. stuff like that as you know legendary and you know all that stuff you can just have fun with and just throw away exactly and it's you know especially nowadays you can you type in how i met your mother memes and there's thousands of them but you you, you see some of the classic lines and stuff too you know the legend wait for it dairy yeah. you know you, you still get those classic ones and you know it's it's really fun i think i, I think mm. if you can get to that level that you're a meme you've you've, yeah. hit, you've hit the prime time you're good you're golden you're gonna stick around forever <laughs> that's it something we've said on this show is yeah it has to be memeable if you yeah. want a sitcom to last <laughs> it has to be memeable exactly def- this is definitely a, a classic example of that um it's just wonderful isn't it it's just yeah, yeah. i'm having a lot of fun rewatching. I've, as i've said many times in the show i'm I have too many now to watch, rewatch, and just. But it's fine. There's there's worse problems to have. <laughs> yeah, no, I I agree with you. I'm I'm right there, and I've I've tried to start watching. You know, as I've been listening to your show and everything, mm. I've I've tried to start watching some of them on on the side as well. You know, yeah, uh, like Superstore. I started watching that the other day after oh, listening. Cool. It's hilarious. So I'm I have a feeling that that's going to be a quick binge for me as well. So Brilliant. I'm excited oh. to go through that one. Alex will be very happy to hear that. Yeah, um, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, brilliant, man. It's absolutely wonderful. I just want to know, is there, is there anything else you want to talk about with a show or anything that kind of leaps out to you? Um, 
I mean, other than the fact that they played off uh, Robin being a Canadian pop star in Canada, you know, that, that was... Oh, that's that's wonderful. Always always <laughs> a, a classic, you know, and she had her, her one hit song and then the follow-up mm. song didn't quite work and then the the let's change everything and go super dark emo, you know? Yeah. It's like, oh man, it's so cringy, but at the same time, so hilarious. It's awesome. And I love that they sprinkle that in. Yeah, the whole Rob, all, the whole Rob, Robin Sparkles thing. Yep, <laughs> all all throughout, and they even you know, oh yeah, I I still have the the jacket. And apparently, Kobe mm. Smolders went home with that jacket. Like that was one of the Aww. the things she got to keep. So I thought that was kind of neat. That's cool. You'd hope you would get a few keepsakes, wouldn't you? Yeah. Well. Yeah, that definitely earned that one. Yeah, I think she kept that. Um, Barney kept our Neil Patrick Harris kept the uh, the playbook and a few other little items. Um, and I know Josh Radner kept the blue French horn, which was the the big, and and the yellow umbrella. I think those were two of the most iconic little props of the show, in my opinion. You know, mm. all throughout, you've got him. He just picks up this random umbrella, and it ends up happening to be the one that belonged to to the mother. You know, to to Tracy and the 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 blue French horn. And he's you know the end of episode one. He's he's there like trying to give it to Robin and at the very mm. end of the season, the, the season finale, series finale, really, he's there, you know, holding it up saying like, Hey, I got this. And that's kind of the indication like, okay, game on, you know, yeah, we're going, we're going back for this again. You know, let's, let's mm. go round five or six of Ted and Robin together, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's wonderful. Um, yeah. Th- thank you so much for, for coming on. Ryan. Absolutely. Yeah, talking about this show, uh, I think it's been it's been such a blast. So, I guess to kind of wrap it up, then where can the good people find you? Uh, yeah, so I'm actually on Twitter um, at Bearded Rhino. It's R Y N O fifteen. <laughs> um, just tried to get a look creative with that, and then also on Instagram at the same. And then we actually, I actually do have a podcast as well called the Basement Podcast. Um, okay. You can find us um, on Instagram and Twitter. It's on Twitter, it's the basement underscore pod, and on Instagram, it's uh, basement underscore pod. And Brilliant. we're we're hoping we we had started uh, to record. We had put one one episode out right before mm-hmm. the pandemic hit, and then we're hoping to uh, relaunch here soon. Uh, now that things are kind of lifting here in the states, and we can kind of get together and start recording again together. Awesome. I'm curious, what is the podcast about? Uh, it's kind of a mix of things. Like it's it's kind of just whatever we feel like talking about. Essentially, um, movies, books, you know, cool. TV shows. Kind of, okay. Not to say not to say it's a copy of Skip to the Skip to the End, but you know, <laughs> that that's like that was kind of the thing that started. You know, me listening to podcasts was their was their show. I just happened to come across Wonderful. it kind of kind of randomly on Spotify and became a huge fan. And mm. so I kind of don't want to take what they've done with the show but i i like the aspect of the show just kind of being about whatever you want to talk about that day you know and mm. and i i just uh myself and caleb who's my co-host we just kind of want to just get it out there you know our thoughts on things and i think it's kind of mm. kind of fun brilliant and that's that's some fine inspiration i think uh mark ben and Gemma will be very happy to hear that <laughs> <laughs> so uh really ryan thank you so much for coming on i'll make sure to put all those links in the show so people can go and find you and i'll definitely be subscribing as well i'd appreciate it thank you have thanks for having me on my pleasure all right and there we have it a massive thank you to ryan for coming on to the show and sharing your love 
of How I Met Your Mother. I had so much fun recording this episode. I hope that you guys listening enjoyed it. Definitely go and follow Ryan. I'll put all the links to his show, his Twitter handle, everything will be in the show notes for you. Go and follow him now. Also, make sure you go and follow the wonderfully talented artist, Alex Jenkins, who's behind the artwork for this show. If you like what you see and you want to commission him for your very own artwork, then feel free to use the information that is in the show notes also to do that. If you are enjoying the podcast and you'd like to say a big thank you, then the best way to do that is to leave me a five-star review on your favorite podcatcher, as indeed two people have done on Apple Podcasts. So I'm just going to take a moment to thank them and read out the reviews. If you'd like to get the same treatment, all you have to do is follow their steps. First of all, I want to give a big thank you to user handle Flip Flop Off. I love that, by the way. They say, loving the range of podcasts and the professional easy listening of the chats asks a lot of interesting questions. You can see that he does his research and shows genuine interest in all the topics. Looking forward to the next podcast. Well done, Harley. Thank you very much for your kind words there. That has actually made my day. Also, another one from sbud91. I think we all know who that is. Thank you, Sarah. It says, Fundamentals is such a lovely podcast to listen to, covering a wide range of topics. Host Harley shows a genuine passion and interest in whatever his guests have chosen, and this always comes across in a very honest and endearing way. Thank you. Uh, there's also nothing more joyful than hearing someone talk passionately about something that they love. So this podcast is an immediate serotonin boost. Give a listen now. Thank you so much, Sarah, for saying that. I know you're not just saying it because you were a guest, but it's not a bonus, isn't it? Let's be honest. Still, really appreciate all of that feedback. And if you want to earn shout outs like those two, all you have to do is leave a review in the same manner. I do believe that Apple Podcasts is... Probably the best one to do that on, but if there are other platforms in which you've done it, then please tell me because, of course, you will earn a shout out on the podcast. All that's left to say is a big thank you to you guys for listening, for subscribing, following, sharing the episodes, telling a friend. It all means so much. I really, really can't thank you enough. And of course, I will be back next week with another episode about another sitcom, and I will leave a little clip in here for you as a clue as to what is coming up. So, until next time, stay tuned and stay safe. So what's it like then? Yeah. Fags and booze. Well, to be honest, after years of smoking and drinking, you do sometimes look at yourself and think, Yep. You know, just sometimes in between the first cigarette with coffee in the morning to that 400th glass of corner shop piss at 3 a.m. <laughs> you do sometimes look at yourself and think. Yep. This is fantastic. <laughs> I'm in heaven.